Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. Morning. Thank you for spending your morning with us in Breakfast with Champions. As Dora just said, share, engage, ping people in. If you get value out of this room in the morning, we love to have you there here. 
I'm Kristen Kingsbury. I'm the founder of Get Some Assets, Inc. I run a real estate team and do all kinds of things real estate. My passion is helping you grow and create generational wealth. And here again, I've got my friend, my mentor, my, my business coach, Dave Clark. Good morning, my friend. Are you here? He always loves that mute button. That's his challenge in the morning. So we got to cheer him on and remind him where the mute button is, right? <laughs> so last week we talked, um, last week we talked about generating leads and scaling and being consistent, which is so in alignment with what Judge was saying about you've, you've got to go every day and do what's in your 20% to get to the paycheck. And so oftentimes in the sales world, in the investing world, I've got people that ask me like, well, where do you find the deals? How do you find the listings? How do you find the investment opportunities? How do you find these things? And once you find them, how, the fact, how, how do you pay for them? How do you get the money to finance them? So today we're gonna talk about four ways to identify value because when you see value in something, others will see value in it as well. And that's where money is made. So when you find value, and we're gonna talk about four ways to identify value and find the money to capitalize on the opportunity. And when I was thinking about this and I was writing my notes and coming up with some content for you guys, I was thinking, you know, it doesn't matter if you're the buyer in this conversation, if you're the seller in this conversation, if you're the investor in this conversation, or if you're the agent that's re representing one of these sales, the truth is, is if you know where the value is, then you can start to think about what the price is. Because here's the thing, there's a difference between value and price. And so often we get fixed on price and we talk about, you know, oh, well, how are you gonna discount your commission? Or what's the discount that I'm gonna pay for that property? Or you're, everybody's looking to, um, get the value by discounting when in reality, sometimes the value is right there in front of them and they've just missed the opportunity. So value is what is received. Value is what you get, right? Price is what you pay. And I see even companies these day and age, like a lot of people ask me, how do you get your agents to pay you 50%? Well, you add value, you add massive value. And every time that somebody's catching you, one of your competitors, you go add more value. And so whether it's you as, as a, a person running a sales team or you as an agent offering value to your clients, um, you as a buyer looking for value and opportunity, value is what you get, price is what you pay for it. And so it's not really about negotiating the price it's about making sure that the value is there. Sometimes things are worth paying full price for when the value is there, oftentimes, right? So price is only questioned, and I love this quote, price is only questioned in the absence of value. Price is only questioned in the absence of value. Um, I happen to be a huge cheapskate, <laughs> huge. Ask anybody who knows me. Um, but so I was the one who would never pay for high quality products because I always perceived like I wanted the best deal. And it's funny because over the years as money has been made and as, you know, as I start to give myself, you know, more, more to spend, more to use, you got to be careful because it can run away, but there are definitely some products, some items, some transactions, some deals, some coaching, some businesses that are absolutely worth paying for, regardless of whether it's half your paycheck, 
Um, and so when I, when you're looking at your business, when you're looking at the products that you're buying, ask yourself, are they questioning my price because there's an absence of value? And if so, how do I add more value? How do I make it a better product? So Dave, are you here with me now? Yes, I am. There you are. Good morning. Good to have you again. Hey, this good morning. morning. Good morning, everybody. Glad to be here. <laughs> so me, talking, I know, especially these mornings are just beautiful and it's fun to wake up and have coffee with you, my friend. Um, so price being questioned in the absence of value. Talk to me about a company or a business or a transaction in, in which, I don't know, what stands out to you about that comment? Price is only questioned in the absence of value. Well, I think it actually begins with perception. And it's, it's looking at what we do that's different and unique um, to bring that value. And so often, in, especially in, our, in the real estate business, we, we create the same value proposition that so many other people offer. You know, in today's market, uh, when sellers believe that they don't really need to pay you full because we're not going to have to do any marketing, we've got to change up the conversation. And that's what's been happening. And I think across the board, for those people that are getting those listings is because we're changing up the conversation. It isn't just the same old stuff that we used to always bring to the table. It's what's new, what's exciting, what's going to get the win today. And that means stronger negotiations, understanding, first of all, um, how to navigate through the, the multiple facets of the offers that are coming in today. And then being able to take a look at which one is actually the best one and negotiating through those different offers. And I know you're in that spot every day. So it's it's about perception of what you're bringing to the table that is unique and different. And we have to look way outside of what everybody else offers and make sure we're offering something that's different, unique, and that we master, you know, that, um, you know, that offering. Does that sound right, Kristen? Yeah, and actually, it's funny. I always, I'm, I'm a reflective person. As you talk, I'm always thinking, how does this apply to me? Or, or you know, as any of these conversations are going on, and one of the things that that brings to mind is I'm looking at two different potential companies to partner with, and both of them offer very similar things. One of them charges much more than the other one, and I asked myself, well, why would you go? to that one that charges so much more. And as I evaluated their offering, they execute at a higher level. The customer service is far superior. Um, and therefore the results of that partnership are increasingly higher, even though the cost of being a partner is higher. So anyway, I thought that that that's interesting when you're thinking of um, price and value because the truth is you can have two value prop propositions that sound the same between agents or whatever it might be, um, and yet you can have completely different results. So I was thinking about thinking about the real estate market, thinking about things shifting. Yesterday I was reading an article that uh, my area, as a matter of fact, is one of the is in higher than seventy percent. Uh, chance of seeing a market decline this year. And one of the very, I mean, one of the few places in the country when you look at this map. And um, so as I was sitting there, I was thinking about, okay, so this, the last time this shift happened, what happens is the product sellers, right? The seller of the home still believes their home's worth gold. So they stick to those high prices 
And um, typically what they'll do to us as agents is ask like, well, would you discount your commission? Because what they're trying to do is walk with the same net, right? So they're, they, if they, if they want, um, if you have to do a price reduction, they want you to reduce your cost of service as well. And I was thinking about price is determined by a list of things, really. It's determined by emotion. Um, in this, in this real estate market, that can be, um, you know, price determined by fear. It can be determined by greed. Um, I, right as a market starts to shift, there still is a lot of greed and a lot of that I'm sticking to price. There's sometimes price is determined by pride or frustration. Sometimes price is determined. And as I, as I watch the news and I hear the market is shifting, the market is shifting, price is often determined by fear that the media causes. So when you look and you're trying to figure out um, if you need to increase the value you're offering and you're trying to figure out what's happening to prices, you want to take a look at what's happening around you. Is there fear? Is there greed? Is there pride? Is there frustration? Is the media talking about something that's going to influence any of those things? And when you're doing that, just knowing the market around you, knowing those products around you, those, and I always talk products because in our world products, the product is a home typically or land or a ranch or a commercial building, but you may be selling, you know, a different product, but the, the whole concept is the same. What somebody else listed or sold for, what the appraisals came in for, what the online valuation is, that gives you kind of a baseline of what other prices are, but that doesn't necessarily, um, your value may be a little different if your product is unique, right? So you'll see coaches, um, it, you know, business coaches, where some of them charge, oh, $250 for a retreat, and then others are charging $75,000 for a retreat. And it might be a same three-day retreat in a nice location. Um, and somebody just made a comment that, price is determined basically about how you feel. And I'm not saying this right. I'm totally butchering it, but it was, it made me think of, uh, it's not always just about price. It's about how you feel about yourself, about your product. If you believe in your product, you can sell your product at a higher price. Would you agree with that? Yes, I absolutely agree with that. It's always been interesting to me that like I've tried to sell other things and because I don't believe I, I tried to sell dirt bikes. I told you guys that I tried to sell dirt bikes and because I don't believe in getting people into debt and, um, you know, selling them things at high interest rates, I could not sell a dirt bike to save my life, even though I think they're fun. Um, but real estate, when I watch it change people's lives, there's I am doing a disservice by not helping people get into real estate and help build generational wealth. So I think it's interesting that both are sales, but having a product you believe in really changes um, how you can how you can sell it and what you can get for it. But at some, price, well, Kristen, at when some you, point, when you look at when you look at real estate, uh -huh. it is like it's like no other product. Um, well, maybe except a dirt bike, right? It's lifestyle. <laughs> it's putting a roof over somebody yeah, and creating a lifestyle. And our ability to weave that picture, that story about what that lifestyle is going to look like and make sure that it's a match for what they want, that's what brings it all together. And if you can do that successfully, you'll have the confidence to step in and actually uh, do a much better job and create that value. And that's the difference between just 
you know, looking at a house cold and trying to make it all fit together. And it's a, you know, it's a family room and a kitchen and a three bedrooms and two baths. It's more about, yes, but what's your family going to do in this home? What's that lifestyle going to look like? How's that going to bring your family together? You know, what are the experiences that you guys are going to share together for the short and the long term? And when you get to that point, then you make a connection with them. And that's what creates the value. It does. And that also is what ties to prices, right? Because you just tapped on these things add pleasure. These things get you you know, add pleasure by getting you to this picture that's in your head. If you live in this place, if you have this home, if you have this lifestyle, so you're you're keying in on the pleasure that somebody's created in their head that they want to move toward. And that also adds value and increases price, which is at the same time when we're talking about pricing things, um, urgency can be the opposite, right? When you're looking for an investment property, when you're a a buyer's agent, I'm sorry, a, a listing agent, and you're looking for an opportunity to list and help somebody get out of trouble, you might be looking for pain in people's life. And that can that can often adjust price as well. I've got a listing right now and the lady's like, hey, I just want to move and I want to move fast. That adjusted her price because of her urgency. Um, and so she's going to be more aggressive with price. So when we're talking about price, it's definitely determined by pain and pleasure as well. And at some point, price will adjust back to be in alignment with value. So we're seeing a lot of the real estate market right now where um, prices have gone way over what the perceived value of homes are because of urgency, right? Because of what we were just talking about, because of urgency or because of perceived pleasure. People want to move to their retirement community. There's an urgency because there's a lack of housing inventory. So prices have skyrocketed. And then at some point, they adjust back to alignment of value. And so that's called a correction and not necessarily a crash. And I think that's what we're going to see some of across the country. But so seeing the difference between price and value, in my opinion, is how money is made. When I'm out there looking for listings as an agent, and the reason I kind of I kind of tied listings and investments and being a buyer and a seller all together is because when I'm a listing agent and I'm going out there to find properties, oftentimes it's a great property, but it's not one that I want to purchase as an investor. So then I put it in the bucket as, you know, this is a good listing opportunity. But aren't they all, I mean, do you encourage your agents as you're building business with them that every listing appointment is also a, a, a potential investment opportunity? Oh, absolutely. Um, not only for them, but also. Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorningfive.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. So uh, during that conversation, talking with that seller about what, what their other investment ideas are, what's their plan for real estate. It isn't just about selling a house for them. Um, or being able to buy that house yourself, although I think we should always take take a look at that. But you you factor wealth building into all facets of that transaction. It's for you, it's for them, it's for their friends and family, and that's how we we leverage and multiply the transactions that that we're able to do from one connection. So last week we talked about you know lead generation and coming up with these people that are raising their hands that want to sell 
you know, a home or that, that are interested in our product. And what I find a lot of times is that knowledge, we have a lot of people in the industry, and I'm sure this is of all industries, that just don't even understand the product. And here's the thing, when you don't understand the product, you cannot identify value quickly when you see it. You cannot identify an opportunity quickly when you see it if you've never studied the product. Talk to me about that for a minute. Well, I think it's, it's one of the things that's happened to us in this market. It's so difficult um, because of the timing and the urgency that you talked about for an agent to get into a house and preview it before we ever show it. So oftentimes we're showing cold, right? And sometimes we're surprised by what we find, um, both good and bad. So if we can at all, we want to know our product. Uh, I don't think there's any salesperson out there that sells any kind of a product that doesn't feel like knowing their product is the critical piece uh, to begin with, right? You've got to know all the features. You've got to know all the benefits. And so uh, in this market, especially in real estate, it's more difficult to do that. It's, it's finding properties that are the closest fit um, and then hoping that that property is going to be the perfect fit. However, the other side of that is sometimes it's not the perfect fit. It's just the fact that it's available. And so people will buy homes today just to get into the market so that they can compete at, an, at another time and be able to buy, you know, that perfect dream home. So as an agent, though, you have to be able to understand features and benefits of any property that you show. And hopefully you're getting out ahead of your clients a little bit so that you have the experience and you know exactly how to show that property, with, you know, the right way to show the property in terms of which street do we drive in on, uh, what's the best best way to uh, open that property up, you know, and knowing your client, what their real needs are, because we can find uh, solutions to problems very quickly um, if we're really looking for them. But if we're just going in cold and showing it, you know, cold, it's not going to work out quite as well. So I'm thinking out loud when I say this, um, just again, reflecting on your points and when I go into any conversation with anybody, especially about real estate and what I do, I walk in there with a couple of hats on. I'm looking at a property from, if I were the buyer, what do I think about this house? If I were the seller, what are my thoughts on this house? And is there an opportunity for this to be an investment for somebody? Maybe me, maybe somebody else. And so knowing the product, to your point, so that I can know the value and know uh, the price that things kind of range in is important. And then I ask myself, is there anything about this that makes it a higher risk to consumers? Is there a similar product down the road? Is there a similar home down the road that is cheaper? What do I, what do I know about that? And so based on that is how I start coming up with values. So I'm gonna give you an example of the one I was just telling you about that has an urgent um, sales date. Um, when I walked into this property, this property, I'm looking around with eyes of a seller, eyes of a buyer, eyes of an investor, and I'm asking myself, what are the opportunities here in this property? And I noticed that the middle of this property has an old, old single wide structure. You can't see it. So she mentioned it. And right away, I triggered on what's the risk factor of this? You can't find a bank to finance this property. So the risk factor to an investor or a buyer is that they're not gonna ever be able to use traditional financing on this house. So that right away makes me take note that we're gonna have to adjust value for risk factor. 
Um, now then I look at market demand and I ask myself like what supply and demand for this particular location, for this particular product, is there a high demand for it? And the answer is yes. In this particular area, it's down by a lake. It's walkable to a lot of things. It's a great rental area. Um, you know, short term wise, it makes a great return. And so I'm just processing these things as I'm walking through analyzing this property and in in other people's um space it may be when you're analyzing a product you know what are the risk factors to buying this product are there other products out there that are similar um what's the demand for this product and that's how you're analyzing and starting to think about price and value is there anything that you can do to increase the value of this product because sometimes um, sometimes you don't get a discounted price right out of the gate. Sometimes you have to create and add value such that the price is increased the second that you acquire it, right? So the point of all of it is that price is determined by emotion so often, right? Buyers pay more when they're emotional. Sellers sell when they're emotional. So as a seller, how do we cause an emotional reaction? And I always... Um, I, I kind of laugh about this for years, like whole pie in the oven and, you know, they're, they're, you know, make sure that it has curb appeal. Like when you're looking at a product, specifically a house, how can you increase the emotional reaction to a buyer? Can you plant the flowers? Can you add the apple pie? Can you make the functionality of the floor plan better? Um, and then as a buyer, how do we recognize when we're making an emotional decision, right? Because so often we do not base things on numbers and we base things on emotion. Oh, I love this location. If you're the buyer and you're trying to make sure you keep money in your pocket, you need to be able to identify that. So let's talk about negotiating, Dave, because you find these properties and you find that they have um, an opportunity. You know, maybe, maybe there is an opportunity for you to increase the value. Maybe it is a discounted price. Maybe, um, you know, whatever it is that you stumble upon, there's still always room for negotiating. So I kind of laugh because people are always like, I don't want to be salesy. But the truth is like you negotiate with your children every day. You negotiate with your spouse all the time. Like, I feel like in everything in life, you're negotiating. So whether you like it or not, you need to be good at it. <laughs> I, I, I made notes of, you know, job opportunities, investment properties, like when are you not negotiating? And here is the, here is the, um, the comment that I was thinking of earlier. No one will ever pay you what you're worth. They will only pay you what you think you're worth. And so back to that, like confidence and can you offer maybe as an agent, a higher level of negotiation, a higher level of skill as far as that. Talk to me about your agents and um, how you, how you encourage stronger negotiation skills or how you teach, how you push for, um, what value does that have to them? Well, it's, it's, it is critical. And the perception of, of your negotiation skills is what helps keep your value up, um, with your sellers. And of course, with your buyers, because this, this is a big part of like a buyer consult, for example, when we're talking to a buyer about you know, setting expectations for the market. You know, what do you, what can we expect when we get out there? So, you know, my ability to negotiate for you in these areas that that will allow us to win. So, for example, 
you know, are we looking at inspections? Are we looking at appraisal gaps? Are we looking at bringing cash to the table? Um, what are the things that are going to be required for us to put into the deal? And then outside of that, how do I get that messaging to the other agent? If there's an agent on the other side, you know, how do we get them to look at our offer? I mean, the bottom line for it, uh, you know, is seller net. We can structure offers in all sorts of different ways today, um, but it's all about the seller net. So how do we make that a little bit higher and more appealing? Um, and sometimes, quite honestly, negotiation is about understanding that talking is not selling. You know, sometimes we got to shut up and listen and then respond to, in, to, the, uh, uh, to the questions that are being asked and deal with those questions because that's the real negotiation points in my mind. We got to find out what the real issue is. If we just blow into a situation and we're just sell, 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 and we never shut up and listen to what the other side is saying, we miss the negotiation opportunities because you might find that it is time, it is possession, it is you know inspection, whatever it might be. We've got to know what it is to go there first. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And and it truly, at the end of the day, like so often in our industry, there's a lot of let me prove that I am representing my client rather than, hey, let's work across the table to create a win-win. Um, when you create a win-win, you do so by being a great negotiator and asking, like you said, asking a lot of questions and listening because what you thought was their issue and what you thought they were not going to move on may be completely wrong. Um, you know, we walk into these listing appointments and I'll just go back to that same particular house. You walk in and, and, you know, and immediately it's a rental, it's an Airbnb. You, you assume that the seller is going to want the highest net, which is a, a pretty good assumption in most cases. But in this particular case, this woman wants to meet a deadline and meet a date and move to an area. And so oftentimes just asking the questions and listening and creating a win-win. We were just, we just closed on a house this week um, in which it was, I was looking at a potential listing. And as I talked and asked questions, um, the seller was like, you know, we really like the rental income that we get out of this thing, but we need the money because we have some big ticket items that we need to go um, make a move on. And I said to myself, well, this isn't what I came here for, but if I could offer you a chunk down and then you could carry the note and you could maintain those payments, would you be interested in selling to me? And they were like, they had a higher offer that would have net them more, but the things that were important to them were the payments coming in because that's what they live off of and a chunk big enough to get what they needed. And so um, even though the other net was higher, quickly they took our offer and said, yeah, that's perfect. That solves both of our problems. And so really in negotiating, you're looking for how do I solve their problem? But first we have to listen and, and figure out what, what their fear is. Um, what their problem is. So things that, just to touch on some things real quick, because we're getting close to the end of negotiations, why are they there in the first place? How do we reduce their risk? How much time do they have or do they need? Sometimes they need to be in a hurry. Sometimes they have a ton of time and they need to drag it out, but you don't know if you don't ask. When you get into inspections and you start actually digging into the product, digging into the house, figuring out what it is that you're getting, then you do have an opportunity 
um, you know, to pause things and to say, hey, wait, I, I may have done this wrong. We may need to adjust here. And it's not necessarily supposed to be a point of renegotiation, but a point of where if there's something major wrong, you can fix it. And if, if you know, and oftentimes it does come up as, a, as another point of negotiation. Um, I'm thinking I'm going to leave. I was going to kick into off-market opportunities, but I think I'll leave that for another discussion because I could go crazy over off-market opportunities and our time is up and I always have so many things to say. So if you guys find value in this and if you want to dig further into off-market opportunities, finding you know good tools for negotiating, things of that nature, um, jump up into the link at the top of the page and click on that. The social media show is up behind us and they always bring awesome value and great energy in the morning. Marcus and Nate, are you guys around? We are here. Take your time closing out, Kristen. If you have some closing thoughts, take your time. Yeah, just, you know, overall, just it's all about listening for opportunity, listening for pain, for pleasure. How can you solve a problem, serve a need, and the value of a product um, is based on the problem that it solves. If, if it gets rid of pain quickly, um, people will pay more money for it. And that includes you and your services, right? So anyway, I appreciate you guys joining us this morning. Dave, any final thoughts before we wrap it up? Guys, just, uh, just remember, um, great selling is asking great questions, listening to the answers, and then responding, you know, to the pain and to the pleasure, as Kristen said. If we can just stop um, talking long enough to listen to folks, I'll oftentimes find the sale will come right straight at us. And there really is opportunity everywhere. I think oftentimes we're waiting for somebody to knock on the door and it's really about having more conversations out there. So, Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.